Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Went for the shorter and this week, huh? We're, we're just, feeling the... just a little bit. I'm trying to trying to rest my voice. I'm a uh, little, yes. little stuffed up. For all the screaming at your family at Thanksgiving time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially my brother. He deserves of it. Of course. Um, it is Thanksgiving week, guys, which means it is college fantasy playoff finals uh congratulations to all of you that have made it in this year uh and our condolences to those that lost this weekend i know i i lost a couple semifinals this past weekend that i'm still not very happy about um but uh i one of them at least has the waiver still open so jokes on them i'm gonna stash all the guys i want and uh be better off for it next year we're coming back stronger yeah, I, I lost two semifinals this week, too. Um, not going to be bringing home any titles this year, but it's all right. It's just the way it goes sometimes. I have a big matchup with our very own Chris Moxley uh, in a league that I'm that I'm very much anticipating. I've, I'm undefeated. I, I've been the number one team from start to finish this season. It's um, tough to go wire to wire, though. It is. I'm not feeling great. I've lost Boutte in that league. I've lost Ooh. Zach Evans. Uh, and then oh. multiple other guys, uh, Brandon Thomas has been down for a while here. I mean, I, I, I'm really fighting through the adversity in that league. Um, Sounds like it. Sounds like the team really rallied, though, you know, around those injuries, ever, you know, next man up mentality. Good coaching. Good coaching can really make the difference. So I Sounds feel like, like it. Yeah, I feel like the coach really. He should probably go on to a bigger, better program next year. You think? Yeah. Hmm. Not Florida then. <laughs> nice segue thank you yes all right guys before we hop in we must let you know that this podcast is a part of the fantasy points media group along with a ton of other great podcasts including the true north fantasy podcast the play to win podcast dynasty happy hour the injury prone podcast with dr edwin porus dynasty vipers the smoke show uh the newly added triple play fantasy podcast and the fantasy points podcast itself you can follow all of them on one place on twitter at fantasy points live or check out their weekly drops uh, every friday that recap the week in the fantasy points media group all right colin some news items here some discussion to be had we're talking waiver wire this week but the the name of the game this week is pure stashes for next season then we're gonna do some start sits and then we will get people out of here so let's uh let's go right into news and as we alluded earlier there is a job opening at florida officially dan mullen is gone was relieved of his duties this weekend after florida lost yet again um i mean florida's a big big job there it, it's it's one of many that were are now going to be open this offseason along with lsu along with usc uh, and, and I'm sure uh, several others. I mean, Washington's open right now, not not the same pedigree, but I mean, th- there are some big time programs that will be looking for coaches. What um, I guess the, the well, I'll ask this question first, Colin, then we can discuss maybe who we think replacement should be. Um, is this a good thing for Florida, Dan Mullen being gone? Yeah, honestly, I do think it is. I mean, he's say what you want about him. He is a good x's and o's coach for the most part you know he's had success uh in in number of different places he had a great year last year um at florida but he's kind of a jerk he does not recruit well 
And I don't think that Florida is quite the level of program. It's too high of a level of a program for him to truly be successful there for those two big reasons. Uh, you have to be able to recruit well to be at Florida. You know, that's a hotbed. You you have to be able to win the state of Florida, especially in a situation where Miami and Florida State have both been down for a couple of years now. You know, and Florida has been the best team in the state of Florida, uh, sorry, UCF, for a number of years here. And he just has not been able to take advantage of that, really, with these recruiting classes. So I do think this is a good uh, good move for Florida overall. But the big question is, what candidate are they going to get? That I think that's where the question is. Yeah, I, I've i heard some of the names being bandied about. And again, we can talk about that here in a second. But I don't necessarily know that they're upgrades over Dan Mullen. I do think that Mullen had to go, though. And I yes. actually was, was following along with some conversations that some big Florida fans were having with each other. Uh, but they, they they were more, you know, they weren't just the homers. They they were, you know, it was a pretty honest assessment. And basically, they, they it boiled down to the the administration of Florida wanted Dan Mullen to fire Todd Grantham this offseason. And he basically said no. And by doing that, put his own job on the line when that defense did not improve at all and actually yep. probably got worse this year. Uh, in addition, it didn't have a senior laden offense to kind of continue to bail him out. And I think the piece de resistance, he had just lost complete control of that team. Yep. I don't think the guys that are there wanted to be there and play for him anymore. I don't think recruits wanted to come there anymore either. And so regardless of how, even if the, the product on the field was decent, I think if guys are transferring out in droves and or being rumored to, to be doing so, and you can't bring any recruits in, you're hemorrhaging them. Um, probably not good signs at a school like Florida that expects to be good every single year. So, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So let's talk about some of the replacements then. I know apparently this is this is plane watching season, guys. Everybody is watching the planes to see where they're landing. One left from Gainesville or whatever the adjacent airport is there, heading to Lafayette, Louisiana heading to possibly talk to Coach Napier over there at UL. Is that a good fit at Florida Collin? I don't think so either. I mean, now granted, Billy Napier at UL, UL is not a program that expects to recruit at a high level, but I don't know if he has the ability to recruit at a high level. I mean, he's, you know, say what you want. He he puts in a, He has a good system. The system that he has works at a level like UL. I don't know if that system is going to work at Florida. And I also don't know if he can bring in the recruits to compete with the other teams in the SEC. You know, the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Auburns, LSUs, all of the Texas A&M. They're going to be bringing in Texas and Oklahoma soon, too. It's just going to make the SEC even more competitive. And maybe the SEC East stays kind of weaker significantly weaker than the sec west i'm not sure how that'll shake out but i still don't think i don't know if he'll be able to get it done in the sec so i'm going to give you it seems like there's kind of four names so i'm going to give you the next three here in order of probably most sexy or least sexy to most sexy colin and you just let me know uh what i'm what, what you think okay bob's do 
Mark Stoops, who's at Kentucky, just to clarify there. I get those two confused all the time. Um, is not currently coaching. I believe he's an analyst for Fox. Yes. Is that a name that would interest you? I mean, he had some success at Oklahoma, you know, and we've seen coaches go the analyst route and then come back. And it, I mean, it's mostly been Urban Meyer, but, you know, we've seen some other people do it too. So I don't think, I, I think you're right in that that's not maybe the sexiest name, but I think that that's a solid option. You know, it's a, it's not, I, I don't want to say it's not a splashy hire because he still is a name in the industry. Uh, but it would not be my favorite hire for them, but it would be okay. How old do you think Bob Stoops is? Uh, his son's coach, his son's Mark Stoops, right? Mm -hmm. So if his son is coaching Kentucky, I would think Mark's or Bob Stoops is 60. 61. Oh, nice. I thought he was older than that. He always seemed old when he was at Oklahoma. That's true. Uh, 60. I thought he was like late 60s. Okay. Um, so I, I apparently was just way off on that. Uh, how about this name? Well, so I'm going to ignore like Dave Aranda, Luke Fickle, like those guys, those names are up for every single job. Like, so right. we're going to, we're going to kind of focus on some of the more Florida specific ones. How about this one for you, Colin? Dave Clawson, Wake Forest coach. They're obviously having a great year there. Um, certainly he's built up that team. Also, he's also not had much success before this year there, despite being there for several years. I mean, it, it, would Clawson be a, a good hire there going from Wake Forest to Florida? Right. Like, like you said, he's not really had that much success before this year. So he absolutely needs to use this as a springboard to, to jump to somewhere else while he has the opportunity to, because I think this was just, this year was just kind of a culmination of a lot of things going right for Wake Forest. It was a down year for Clemson. It was a down year for North Carolina. Um, you know, Miami's still nothing special. Florida is Florida state is still nothing special you know, nothing to be intimidated about. So the ACC as a whole was down this year. I mean, NC State was solid, Pitt solid. But when Pitt and NC State are the, are the and Wake Forest are the class of the ACC for football, it's a down year. So he took advantage of that, and that's great. But he hasn't been able to do it before. And I just, I question whether that's something sustainable. His system is also kind of gimmicky. Um, I hesitate to say it wouldn't work in the SEC, but man, those slow, um, those slow draws, like the, the slow mesh, the mesh points. Plays, yeah. Yeah. I, some of those D lines that you're going to run into in the SEC, that's tough. I mean, that was what really hurt them against Clemson is Clemson's D line just destroyed them. And, you know, Bama, Georgia, you know, Texas A&M, a lot of those D-lines, LSU even, are going to be able to, to kind of feast on that, I think. So, I, again, I don't think the SEC is a good fit for him. He should use this year as a catapult and go somewhere else. But I think he's at his level right now. All right. All right, Colin. You're shooting down all these names I'm sending you. I'm going to give you my best name. Okay. I don't think you can shoot this one down. I'm going to give this to you. How about Lane Kiffin? Head coach at Ole Miss. Currently, offensive-minded guy. He he's grown up now. He was there with Saban for a little bit. He's had his own gig there. He's done well. He's developed Matt Corral. What do you think of Lane Kiffin going to Florida? I think that's a great hire. Yay, I, we did it. We I did think it. Fourth, fourth time was the charm. <laughs> I think Lane Kiffin is a good is a good option there. 
Uh, I think Lane Kiffin would be a good option for LSU as well. Uh, although, you know, tea leaves, maybe Dave Aranda in that direction, but I think Lane Kiffin is better than old miss, you know, sorry, old miss, but I think Lane Kiffin is better than that at this point. You know, he's, he went through the Nick Saban coaching rehab. Uh, he came out clean on the other side and, and rehabbed his image. And, you know, he's he's doing well for himself at Ole Miss. His quarterback is going to leave. He's, we don't know who's going to be stepping up there to fill in behind that. They lose a number of wide receivers, most likely. We don't really know who's going to be filling in behind them. Not that any of those wide receivers were that spectacular anyway. I think it was a lot of system base. And I think he could get it done at Florida. I mean, he's he's recruiting well uh, at at Ole Miss for the most part. You know, he he gets some some decent guys there, and I think he could do a good job of it at Florida. I I like that higher. I think that would be one of the better ones you could have. Yeah, I I think of those those names floating around that aren't the you know the Dave Arandas, the Mel Tuckers who just resigned his extension, so probably not going anywhere. Um, you know, those names, I think he is definitely the the best one. I mean, he's gotten Ole Miss to their first real relevance. They've had they've had one 10 and three season since Eli left in 2003. Um, but and and several nine and four seasons in there, but mostly a lot of five and seven, four and eight, six and six. So nine and two this season, five and two in the uh, the SEC, uh, one of the toughest schedules in the country. Um, he He's done a very good job uh there taking care of all of that um speaking of Ole Miss let's talk about Matt Corral who apparently has announced that this weekend is going to be his last name for Ole Miss I think we assumed this but now it seems like it's finally official Matt Corral will be going to the NFL I don't know that we really need to talk that much about this call I think it's just uh you know it's happening It, it, it Corral is gone yeah, like you said, I think we assumed this was going to happen. You know, it was especially given the down quarterback year and Spencer Rattler's fall from grace really opened up a uh, a position at the top there with, you know, Howell. I think at least most people in the, you know, Devi community seem to think it's it's Howell and Corral are the top two guys. You hear the NFL circles talking about Pickett. You hear the NFL circles talking about Willis. I do think when it comes down to it, Corral is the most likely quarterback to get drafted first overall, just given the tools that he's had, the production, you know, I, I think Corral is the most likely quarterback to go to get taken first out of the group. So I think this was a no brainer for him. Yeah, definitely a good decision. He's not going to increase that stock anymore. Um, all right, let's go to, let's go to B. John Robinson here at Colin. Uh, name that we we frequently discuss on the show suffered that dislocated elbow a couple weeks ago rolled out for the season uh it was announced today or i guess not announced but reported today that Bijan plans on returning for next season there was some speculation that he could pull a jamar chase or some of those other guys last season sit out get himself ready for the combine for the draft and just move on that way with his career but it sounds like he wants to come back it's good news for texas good news for sark good news for whoever's a quarterback there right yeah yeah good news for us and good news for us that's the most important one yes we are the most important Um, no i think that is good news for everybody involved and i think that's a good decision by Bijan as well Uh, like i said unless 
he was getting word from multiple NFL sources that, hey, you're a first round pick whenever you come out. I think he had to play, you know, because I think he will be a first round pick when he comes out next year. But I do think he needed to at least play a couple games this coming year to to really solidify that. Now he could go the the Terrence Marshall route and, you know, I know it was COVID, so, you know, weird situation, but he could go that route and play a couple games and then maybe sit out the rest of the year. But that, that could see that happening. If Texas is like, you know, five and three. Yeah. I deuces. could see it. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Now, I think the big question is going to be, you know, who is the quarterback there? Is he going to have somebody to be able to help take a lot of that load off of him? Because this year, you know, Texas's offense and team really went as Bijan went. Yeah, um, I, I think Nate, Nate Marquise and I, I it, it would be an exaggeration to say that we had a discussion about it, but he tweeted out today about, uh, he doesn't think the the quarterback for next year is there yet. I agree. I don't think like we've talked in the show. You know, if, if Malik Murphy has to start for them, something's gone horribly wrong because he is just as raw as you can be coming out of high school. But obviously, very very talented. Uh, has a lot of you know very nice arms, some nice tools there. Um, so yeah, I mean, and there's some intriguing names in the portal right now. I mean, there's there's Miles Brennan, there's Harrison Bailey, there's. Um, uh, potentially Spencer Rattler, uh, th- there may be more to come there as well. So I think, you know, Anthony Richardson, does he hop in the portal? It sounds like he's not, he removed all of his Florida stuff there for a while from his social media. Um, so, so definitely something to watch there. Last piece of news here, Colin, and then we have a couple of discussion uh, pieces. Adrian Martinez is out for this weekend, guys. Um, he has been ruled out with a shoulder shoulder injury that he suffered this past weekend, I guess, against Wisconsin. And it's Smothers, the uh, Logan Smothers, I believe, that is going to be backing him up, or yeah, backing, stepping into his his spot. So that is uh, what we in the industry like to call a big old no <laughs> for this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hard pass uh, on anybody in that lineup and. You know, I Mox in our Discord. So if you're not in our Discord, Mox, Mox as soon as the lines drop, Moxley drops his uh, his picks for the week. He was all over Iowa at plus three and a half when this line opened up, and the line has since moved. The last time I checked, it was minus one on Iowa. I'm still all over that. Uh, with with the Martinez new, news, I don't know how far that line is going to move, but definitely worth checking out because Nebraska's offense is adrian martinez say whatever you want about him but he is the entire offense on that team especially since gabe irving went down uh i mean he they have samori Ture who is is fine but i think adrian martinez drives this offense and without him against a good d- team like iowa yikes i was gonna i mean samori Ture has been decent over the past few weeks. And yeah, this, I, I think he becomes a guy that you can't start at all this week. Um, and it's probably just bad news bears for them. And I'm wondering if Adrian Martinez has played his last game there or not at this point. That's, that's, I think a big question too, because technically he could come back, but you got to figure Scott Frost is like, dude, just, just get out of here. Like you almost cost me my job. Not that he really has anybody else there that would be better. Than Adrian Martinez, which I think is a bigger indictment on Scott Frost than Nebraska as a whole. But you know, that's a discussion for another day. 
But yeah, if Adrian Martinez, I, I don't even know if he has draft cap, like draft stock. Like, can he improve his draft stock? I don't think so. So at this point, he probably has his degree. So you could grad transfer somewhere else if you wanted to. But I, I do think he probably played his last snap at this Nebraska quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure that there there is some mixed uh, emotions there for 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 Cornhusker fans everywhere. All right, Colin. Um, two two things to discuss here this week. You know, last week we talked CJ Stroud. We did a little bit of a mock draft. If you guys didn't uh, tune in, we did a, a campus two round, uh, first two round startup just to to start talking about some values. We are looking at 2023 to start things off here tonight, though, guys. And we're going to talk about the quarterbacks because that is the most important position. Uh, Bryce Young, I think, is probably quarterback one. CJ Stroud, QB two for most people. Or, you know, switch them, flip them if you're an Ohio State fan and you're a dirty, dirty homer. Um, but otherwise, you know, th- those are the top two guys. Let's assume that for right now. We've got a lot of names that can slot in behind them. And let's talk about some of the higher profile ones here, Colin, and how we would kind of rate rate them, rank them, where we would be comfortable taking them maybe in a, a startup draft. And then we can talk about some guys that could break out, kind of come out of nowhere like we had this season. Um, so, let I mean, I'll just go down the list here. I put these names on here in no particular order. Tyler Van Dyke, quarterback for Miami, has been really just crushing it since he stepped in there for De'Aaron King. Where do you where would you put Tyler Van Dyke uh, value wise going into next year? Um, I think Tyler Van Dyke is a candidate to get overdrafted, uh, just based on the way he's finished the year here, based on the hype that's kind of building around him. He, you know, he's he's getting some hype. Felix is getting to people. Um, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, so I like Van Dyke though. I do. And at this point, he's probably my QB three or four in this class. Um, I I would probably still take DJU over him just based on his tools alone. Um, I'll, I'll have to reassess when I get when I get a chance to really dive into Tyler Van Dyke this year. But Tyler Van Dyke is definitely a top five QB in the 2023 class. Now, as far as where I would take him in a startup. I do think next year is going to be another year where you're probably going to want to fade quarterback unless you get Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Quinn Ewers, Caleb Williams, you know, maybe throw Jackson Dart in there as well. I probably would. But, you know, outside of those guys, I'm probably not taking any of them because it's just the quarterback landscape as a whole in NCAA right now is not great. I don't feel real comfortable with it. And the capital that you're going to have to spend on him, you can get a safer option. So I don't know where you probably think he's going to go in like what the fourth, fifth round, I would think somewhere in that range just based on QB's tendency to get overdrafted. I don't know. Um, That's a really good question. That was a bit of a QB dead zone, even, you know, beyond my standards. Um, This past offseason in our drafts, we had, you know, Several names go in the first three, maybe four rounds. And I think after that, there was kind of, you know, somebody, Carson Strong, but he, I don't think he went that early. Uh, Malik Willis, depending on. Um, I think Malik Willis was probably going in the top three rounds. 
I'm trying to pull up the AD, the final ADP right here now. Um, yeah, it's been a little while since I've checked out the ADP. Same, same. I've been using it more often lately um, just to compare some things. But um, all right here. So let's just sort by quarterback. All of this can be done on campusdecanton.com, folks. I am sorting by position. All right. So we had, I'm going to sort by 25 here. All right. So in the first four rounds, you had 10 quarterbacks. DJU, Spencer Rattler, Sam Howe, Bryce Young, Keaton Slovis, Caleb Williams, CJ Stroud, Carson Strong, Jaden Daniels, Matt Corral. And then it was pretty spotty. JT Daniels, ADP was uh, right outside that. Malik Willis was as well. And then like a huge drop off before Buchner, Heward, Ritter, May, um, Grayson McCall, Kyle McCord, Brock Vandergriff, Hudson Card. You guys, you guys see why I said this is a QB dead zone? I, you lost value on literally every single player taken in this range this year, guys. Just again to to emphasize why we why we said don't do that last year. Um, I think yeah, it's going to be a repeat this year. Honestly, so I, I do think that that Van Dyke will go in that range now. I think he'll go in that. 45 to 50 or 40 40 to 50 overall range that seems right for him I, that offense i mean it has some pieces and you know it they we said we've said for months now that they just need a quarterback to to be able to use them it seems like van dyke can yeah yeah absolutely it, it, you know van dyke has has really played well uh down the stretch here you know so this is not a knock on him at all it's just a knock on the quarterback position as a whole, to be honest with you. Exactly. So that's let's talk about another uh, Felix Sharp special. Um, oh one, of our, one of our favorite colleagues at campusdecanton.com. One of, not. <laughs> he's on the uh, list. He's on. <laughs> uh, Anthony Richardson, quarterback at Florida. We talked a little bit earlier. His, is there a chance that he leaves Florida this offseason? Maybe. I think it's probably a little too early to speculate on that. Um, but value wise, uh, where do you have Anthony Richardson in this class? Um, I think first mentioning, like, is it possible that he leaves Florida? I know he removed all of the, the, um, you know, the, the references to Florida on there. I think it'll depend on who he bring, who they bring in as to whether he leaves or not. If they bring in Lane Kiffin, I imagine he will probably try to stay because that's just a really great way to improve your draft stock is to get tied to Lane Kiffin. But as far as where I have him in this class, um, I have him. He would be top 10. I'm still finalizing the rankings here because we're going to be doing our final rankings update of the uh, of the season here. We'll go back to the now that the season is going to be over. We're going to go back to once a month in the offseason updates because not as much is shifting. Thank God. <laughs> updating these rankings every week is just been every brutal two every two weeks um but i mean out of the list of the guys that we have on here and i won't give it away because i don't want to spoil the show sheet i would put him behind comfortably behind van dyke and behind at least two maybe three other people on this list so QB 2023 class, maybe in like the seven or eight range. Okay. Don't want to bet on the tools, huh? I mean, he definitely has the tools. And 
you know, I think he has the tools to provide a a lot of fantasy production should he get a starting role. I just don't know what the NFL ceiling or the NFL capabilities is for him because he's right. got a low floor. All right, then, Colin. Fine. How about another name here? So I'm we're assuming that Brendan Armstrong returns to school. I I would think I, so. I think it's more likely than not. Um, so you know, at least fifty-one percent there. Um, that means a lot. There's a lot of percent there that he can go the other way, people. So don't bitch at me when he when he goes to the league and you plant your your team around him. Uh, above Anthony Richardson or below Anthony Richardson? Above, um, just because we know we know we're going to get high end college production for him. Um, I don't know what his NFL draft future looks like. I don't think he's going to be drafted very highly. Um, he'll probably get drafted, but I know I'm going to get a really good production for him next year. So, you know, he's kind of in that Dustin crumb range for me from this past year. Ooh, that's, that feels a little too low for him. Not by a lot. I, I mean, I think he has more, like, I don't think Dustin crumb even gets drafted. I think Brian that's Armstrong fair. gets drafted. So, and the ACC, I mean, are the defenses magically going to get better from this season and next season? I no, I, I, I kind of doubt it. I mean, that there's the granted. This is probably the most uh, quarterback talent that's been in the ACC at one time in a long time. But there's also, you know, a reason beyond talent why, oh, uh, you know, on a per game basis, Kenny Pickett, Brennan Armstrong, Sam Hartman, Sam Howell, Tyler Van Dyke. All these guys are just absolutely crushing. Garrett Schrader. I yeah. mean, and it's not Devin Leary, and it's not because they're uh, all first-round draft picks. It's uh, The defenses are certainly contributing there. I um, it, It's uh, Collins typing random numbers on here. I yeah. um, Wrong sheet. <laughs> I didn't want to know <laughs> what you meant to do there. Um, Brennan, I, I think... I would put him below Anthony Richardson simply because if I don't think Brennan Armstrong is going to be a top, you know, 50 pick at the position, and really I'd prefer first round, then I think I just will gamble on Richardson's upside. And I think, so I, I think I'll put him after that. I still think Armstrong will be, he might still be a value in drafts next year. I'm very interested to see where his ADP fires up. And uh, PJ is going to be running some some mocks here in the next couple yes. weeks. So we will have some tentative data that we can start discussing at that point. Um, okay, Colin. So we, we've talked about some of these big names, but there's been one name that's just been absent here. DJU. You QB four in the class right now. You're still willing to kind of gamble. You've you've seen some flashes there. Yeah, I mean it's it's really an indictment on again the quarterback position as a whole. But he's a quarterback at Clemson. He's a quarterback with a lot of tools. So I do think he still has a solid chance to get some decent draft capital you know he maybe he's not maybe he's not a top half of the first round quarterback like we thought he was before you know maybe he's a, a very end of the first or beginning of the second but some nfl team is going to bet on those tools i think to be honest with you and and it's, you know we'll see how the next year shakes out um 
he has looked slightly better these past two weeks. Like I watched a lot of that Wake and Clemson game, and despite being, you know, the the uh, PCL injury that the announcers liked to talk about the entire time, um, you know, he was moving around a little bit, you know, and, and he seemed to be willing to to throw the ball up to Bo Collins. So, you know, that was definitely not the the worst performance I've seen him have all year. Um, again, it's it's just more of kind of an indictment on the rest of the class. So, I, yeah, he's still top five for me, probably four. I, he's fallen a little bit for me, but yeah, I mean, you just you have to. We'll know three games in the next year. Yes, basically. So he gets probably. I don't want to call it the benefit of the doubt because he's fallen for me significantly. But we, he'll get the benefit of the doubt for about three more games, and if he can't bring it at that point, then I'm just I'm tossing him in the trash. Um, four more names here, Colin. We don't have to spend quite as much time on these guys, but I think they're, they possibly fall into the, the breakout candidate in terms of draft capital and things like that next year. Haynes King, Texas A&M missed most of the season. Um, Zach Calzada certainly had the chance to usurp him and really hasn't. Um, so King come back next year, take that job, vault himself, uh, upwards quite a bit there, Colin. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, you know, he won the job when he was healthy this year. And, you know, despite what Chris Moxley thinks, I don't know if Zach Calzada is is the answer at quarterback there. I think Haynes King still gives Texas A&M a, a better opportunity to a, a higher ceiling than what Calzada does. So I think he'll get that job back. And at this point, we didn't really see enough of King to be able to make it to be able to I didn't see enough of King to be able to sway my opinion one way or the other. It's kind of like a holding pattern for him and other people have fallen. Hudson Card, pour one out for my guy, uh, definitely fallen. Um, DJU has fallen. He'll probably still stay ahead of King for me, but Max Johnson has also fallen. So just by virtue of my opinion of him before, and other guys falling, he's still an intriguing name to me. You know, he's probably right in that five, six range for me as well. I um I was not very high on Haynes King coming out last year. Uh, and he's he's dropped in my estimation quite a bit. I uh I, I'm not despite him not doing anything? Like not even being on the field. <clears throat> yeah, I always assumed that he like he didn't look good at the beginning of this year. I thought he struggled before he got hurt. Um, That's fair. So I like I, he's he, he. I think he's still going to go kind of early in drafts. Right. I probably won't end up with him. So but. I mean, I yeah, I, I, he's dropped quite a bit for me. How about uh, Evan Prater, Colin, quarterback there for Cincinnati? I really hope that I really had hoped that Desmond Ritter would just get out last year, but he had to come back for another year. Um, and I don't think he altered his draft stock at all. So that's been fun. But for a guy that probably won't, like, I mean, he might have a long, successful NFL career, but I think generally a long, successful NFL career for him will be like a guy that's like Chase Daniel. You know, he floats around, spot starts, high-quality backup, um, can do some things in, in in limited time. This last year of college for Cincy going to the playoff potentially has got to be like the coolest thing that he's probably going to do in his football career. Probably. So... <laughs> I don't blame him coming back, but that Evan Prater, it gets at least one one year, two years here, maybe. Uh, similar stylistically, I think he's more toolsy 
Uh, I think he's he's a little bit of a better runner. He he stylistically he's a little more like Colin Kaepernick. He's like that super lanky, smooth, gliding runner, um, really big arm. So I I don't I don't know that I'm counting on NFL success, but I think he can be a big time college guy. Yeah, I, I think so too, and I do think we would get two years of him. Uh, you know, unless he came out and absolutely blew the doors off. You know, this next year, I don't think he would come out early. So you're probably looking at two years of production out of Evan Prater. And and like you said, he's a, he's a smooth gliding kind of an athlete, but he still is definitely a dual threat. So, you know, you always like those for fantasy purposes, uh, you know, so he's definitely an intriguing name. And in some circles, you know, he'll, he's a guy whose ADP is going to be, I don't want to say all over the place, but it's either going to be too high in the draft or too low. I think it depends on who you're in there with. Some people I know are, are pretty high on him, so they may take him a little high. But I think on the whole, it's probably going to be too low. I think he is going to be a value. I have a stupid amount of Evan Prater stashed. That You're one of the people that I'm saying <laughs> might take him a little bit too high. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be a good value in drafts this year, though, like he was last year. So uh, who's to say? that He is definitely one of those guys that you wanted to buy a year ahead of time. Right. If someone's selling you at the deadline, guys, and you can – you can grab them from somebody I would uh, I would recommend, but they probably have held this long uh, for a reason. Yes. Um, Jaden Delara. Yes or no. I, he's been he's been pretty solid there for Washington State in his second year there. Any thoughts on him or not really? Um, he's definitely an intriguing name, too. I mean, you know, with Rolovich out, it's going to be very interesting to see who they bring in. I don't know what his NFL future is, but. He's been solid as a freshman. He's been pretty solid this year, too. I think it'll depend on the system that he goes in, but he's mostly just a college producer, I think, for me. And then Will Rogers. Mike Leach quarterback. like Yeah, that Mississippi State quarterback. You were you were making fun of me for taking a whole bunch of them, but I got Shut up, shut up, just shut grab up. Grab all the darts in one hand and throw them at the board. One of them's probably going to hit. All right, Colin. I'm sorry that I, I dodged you. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, I wasn't com- I wasn't completely convinced it was going to be Rodgers. I thought it was going to be, but I wasn't 100% convinced. But, I mean, Rodgers is going to be hes a, a quarterback in a Mike Leach system. I definitely don't think he has an NFL future. I don't think he has the arm for it. Um, But, you know, he's going to be good for you for two more years in college. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that assessment. It's just so, I mean, what? who's the best Mike Leach quarterback? Gardner Minshew? Like for NFL purposes? For NFL purposes? Yeah, honestly, probably. <laughs> so um, um, dating back to Texas Tech days, was there anybody really besides Graham Harrell? No, not really. And Graham Harrell. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yes. people, we actually, we get, that's probably one of the more common questions that people ask us is Will Rogers is there something there? Or is he just benefiting from the system? And I don't, it's not like a bad, it's not a bad question or a silly question or anything. Right. Um, because he, he's then definitely been putting up some numbers and, and look decent, but Mike Leach's offense is literally his job is to just throw the ball to a, an area of grass. Yep. That's like basically exactly what Mike Leach's offense is. He's at a certain time, you put the ball right here 
and the guy is supposed to be there. Like it's, it's, there's no, there's not much processing or, or other things to go along with it. So that's why it doesn't really prepare guys for the NFL. Um, like maybe some other offensive, uh, systems do. All right, Colin. Um, well, I, I, you know what? I am, I'm thankful for all of those guys and it is Thanksgiving time. So we thought it would be nice just to add some positivity on this show for once, because you are such a negative Nancy. I am on I know. this show. And negative I am just always nature. glass half full. And you come in here and just slap the glass out of my hand every show. And tell me why that everything's bad. So let, we let's had to talk start about, giving you a plastic cup instead of that, a glass. Just too many broken ones. So let's talk about things that we are thankful for this year, Colin. Do you have any players? Or, you know, other things, co podcast co-hosts, I don't know, just. <laughs> you fishing, you're fishing. No, no, no. <laughs> um, do, you have, do you have any players that you are really, truly thankful for this year um, and why? Uh, yeah, um, I think the player I'm the most thankful for is Tanner Mordecai. You know, guy that I was touting. You don't shake your head at me. A guy I was touting, uh, you know, a lot this offseason, a guy that I liked a lot, given the system that he was going into. And he came out and, and he's had a phenomenal year. I mean, he's been putting up huge, huge numbers. Uh, I'll have to dive in to see if there's some NFL potential there, but I, I'm not ruling it out. You know, I definitely think there could be. So, you know, he was a guy that was left off the list of 2023 QBs. I'm assuming he comes back. You know, he's he's a guy that will be up there for me, but you know, I it's it's nice it's nice to get one right, especially when you know you missed on when I missed on a guy like Hudson Card. So you know, get some, miss some, but Tanner Mordecai was a hit, so I'm thankful. Tanner Mordecai is so dead to me. <laughs> I have him on a few rosters, and I will be trading him away every single one this offseason. Take him. Uh, he he totally screwed me over in a semifinal matchup this past weekend. Like there's crapping the bed, and then there's crapping the bed, and he it was the second one. Um, I mean, I did say that I you probably don't have a better option, but I did not feel comfortable starting him. I thought that Cincinnati was going to come out and just really put it to SMU, and they did. Yeah, yeah, it's... but you had to start him. <sighs> yeah, I had to, and now look at me. I'll buy him from you, though. Thank you. Um, I got an Adrian Martinez with your name on it. Oh, oh I wonder where <laughs> he transfers next year. Western Kentucky, baby. Here we go. Um, people or players that I'm thankful for. You know, this is a tough one. I'm going to say that I'm very thankful for Malik Cunningham. Okay. Malik, Malik Cunningham, for those who don't know, Put up 69 very nice points this past weekend in standard quarterback scoring leagues. It got a lot of teams to championships. I'm sure there's a lot of people thankful for him this year. I, he's been very consistent all season. I believe on a per-game basis he is the top scoring quarterback in all of college fantasy. I don't even care if there's an NFL future. He's got another year left there. Malik Cunningham, let's do it again in 2022. I am thankful for you. Do you have anybody right else back. you're thankful for, Colin? Or do you want to just move on? Um, no, there's not really anybody that stands out. Um, 
too much as, as a guy that I'm like definitely thankful for. There's other guys and, you know, we'll talk about hits and misses on a later show, but I think we can move on. I would just say I'm also very thankful for B. John Robinson, the mm. first love of my life. There you go. Um, uh, Malik Cunningham is still QB2 on a points per game basis, by the way. Oh, really? Who's, who's first? Wow. I'm actually surprised that because he has no rushing upside. Interesting. Cool. All right. Waiver wire, Colin. As we said, we're just doing stashes this week. Stash all these guys if you guys if you guys have waivers open. Cut everybody that's not worth shit after tomorrow or after Sunday. Uh, we last week talked about Donovan Smith, quarterback, Texas Tech. Uh, he got benched, but they also played Oklahoma State, so I'm not necessarily reading that much into that. Um, I also didn't really manage to get him anywhere, so <laughs> so you're not too upset. Um, Isaiah Nayor, wide receiver for Wyoming. We talked about Timmy McLean, quarterback for USF, and Dylan Goffney, the wide receiver for uh, SMU. That's the one um, because we've got confirmed Danny Gray and and Reggie Roberson gone. So there, there's there's yep. going to be some targets there uh, if he wants them. So let's talk some stashes here, Colin. Just some guys at the end of the year here that we think there's uh, some some space opening up on depth charts, or you know, just something like that. I'm gonna just, Gavin Bartholomew, tight end for Pitt. I think is a guy has been the fourth highest scoring freshman tight end in the country after um, uh, Jack Beck, after uh, Bowers, and then uh, Brink, the tight end from. Akron, mm, okay, I believe um, he is fourth on that list. He's gonna and behind a guy that's gonna go to the NFL, Lucas Crawl, who's had a good season in his own right. He's had a very nice season there. I think he's worth a stash. He's about six five, two sixty, uh, very good athlete for the position, um, and, and should be the starter there pit next year. They're very excited about him. So go get him if you're in a league with me. I already have him. Sorry, <laughs> but any other league you're in, he's probably available. Yeah, no, I think that's a great name. Um, he was a guy that I had an eye on at the beginning of the season because I heard some a little bit of buzz that he was looking good, but unfortunately I'm in a lot of leagues with you. So, um, yeah. One other guy that I put on the list here, um, Melquan Stovall, wide receiver for Nevada. Uh, we know uh, Cooks, Dubs, Turner. Dubs and Turner definitely gone. Cooks, I would assume, gone as well. Uh, Melquan Stovall's been been good this year, um, you know, and, and there's going to be a lot of opportunity opening up. We don't know who that quarterback is going to be, but Clay Millen, I think, will be will be fine there as well. I think it's also kind of a bit of a system. So Melquan Stovall, um, trying to pull it up here, he is one percent rostered, but. You know, he's had some nice games. He went uh, nine for 90 in one game, seven for 77. So he's had a couple performances there where he's, he's been all right. Uh, and he'll have a lot of opportunity to open up next year. Yeah, it could potentially be a fun offense there. Um, uh, Keyshawn Smith, Colin, how about how about this name? I don't know if we've ever really talked about this guy on the show. Um, I think he's mostly a slot guy there for Miami this year. He's He's gotten some points, you know, I... Yeah, not really been startable or anything, but but I think he's a stashable guy. They lose Mike Harley and Charleston Rambo, their top two options there. Van Dyke has the job. We think that somebody's got to catch passes besides Jalen Knighton. 
Um, certainly a guy that can do that. So I, I'm keeping some eyes on Keyshawn Smith, who I think he has like he has NFL size as well. He's six six one, like one ninety. So I mean, I he, I think he's got the size and the athleticism. And the past three weeks, really, with with Van Dyke there, has scored a touchdown. So he's he's uh, he's starting to fit in there with those guys, and he's still really really lowly rostered on fan tracks. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, with with Van Dyke there, he's really opened up that offense. So, so some of the guys that are leaving, I think he'd be a good pickup there for a stash. Uh, my next guy is somebody that we've talked about before on the show, uh, Logan Diggs. I mean, just just to reiterate it, he's had a touchdown in three of his last four weeks. You know, so he's not getting a ton of work, but he's getting important work, and he's you know he's had eleven carries, eight carries, nine carries. He only had two against Georgia Tech, but they won 55 to nothing. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. And he scored in that one. Um, you know, with with uh, Kyron Williams going off to the NFL, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a really nice add for next year as well. If he's up to 3% rostered on fan tracks now, but if he's not in yours already, I, w- I would go pick him up. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Let's talk about Dominic Richardson, a guy that I think, uh, again, our colleague Felix Sharp likes quite a bit there, uh, was one of the three or four backs in contention for that starting job this year before Jalen Warren went and took it. Uh, And I believe most of the other ones are gone. Desmond Jackson, I think, is in his last year there, as is Jalen Warren. Um, So don't be surprised if Dominic Richardson takes that job and we like the RB1 there for Oklahoma State. So I I don't really have anything else to say about it besides that. He's a big bruiser. Yeah, like you said, we want the back there for for Oklahoma State. Um, Another position that we – somebody that we want, the wide receiver one at Purdue, I'm thinking that's going to be Milton Wright next year. I mean, he just had a massive, massive game. Eight for 213 and three against Northwestern. He is 10% rostered on fan track. So that's a little bit higher than most of the people in this list, but I just wanted to highlight him here. Um, you know, before this past week, he went seven for 98 and one. Uh, so he's starting to come on here towards the end of the year. You know, you're definitely going to have to put in a waiver claim for him this week if he's not already rostered, but I think he's a guy who could have a really nice year next year. All right, Colin, you're making me dig really deep here. Let's go Jimmy Horn, true freshman wide receiver at USF. He's paired up with our buddy Timmy McLean that we talked about last week. They seem to have a pretty good connection. Horn is super-duper athletic. He's definitely a speedster. They seem to be building something decent there at USF. Their head coach uh, was the good half of the offensive coordinator duo at Clemson, as we have found out over the past <laughs> year and a half. Um so and uh usf has been good before you know so uh no reason to think they might not be able to to build a little something there i like jimmy horn yeah like you said um the the offensive coordinator there has been kind of promising so that offense has is is stocked up uh my next one here is caden salter quarterback for liberty he is 7% owned on fan track. So again, a little bit higher. Um, he's definitely worth checking your waiver wire for because there he had some hype coming in. He was going to Tennessee. Then he had all that off the field stuff. Then he went to Liberty. We haven't heard anything uh, about him since. He stayed out of the news. He's stayed, 
you know, he, he's gotten a little bit, of, a, a couple snaps here and there when uh, when Malik Willis went down. But I think he can step into that offense, and he's not going to be Malik Willis, but I think he can have some really nice production next year. Yeah, um, as long as he can keep his nose clean. Um, last one for me is the most fun name on here, and I had Gavin Bartholomew, <laughs> so think about that for a second. Uh, Mac Hippenhammer wide receiver at Miami of Ohio. He was at Penn State, right? I think so. Wasn't he yeah. the one that transferred? He also plays baseball, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was at Penn State and transferred out. Um, but he is the second leading receiver at Miami of Ohio behind Jack Sorensen. Jack Sorensen uh, has to say goodbye after this year. He is officially done with all of his eligibility. Uh, but they bring back a lot of the other pieces on that offense, and it stands to reason Matt Kippenhammer becomes the number one option there. And we liked Jack Sorensen, especially through this max schedule. So I, I think if you can stash hip and hammer, uh, you can get some good value there. Yeah. Like I mentioned um, a couple weeks ago on tailgate in the morning. And then, you know, we were talking a little bit pre-show. There's a lot of positions opening up in the Mac here. Um, you know, Jack Sorensen's going to be gone. Justin Hall from ball state is going to be gone. Uh, Demontre Tuggle is likely gone at Ohio. You know, um, Dustin Crum is going to be gone. So there's going to be some Mac positions opening up, and we know we want guys in the Mac. Mac Hippenhammer is one that we feel like we already have projected into that next role. The other ones are a lot less defined, but that's a, I like that name a lot. I think he can, he's definitely a guy to stash here. Um, my last one is a twofer. It's uh, Jordan Wilmore and Jordan Hornbeak, both running backs at Fresno State. Uh, Ronnie Rivers is going off to the NFL, most likely. Uh, his backup, Jordan Wims, is also a senior, so he's likely gone. I like Hornbeak more than Jordan Wilmore, uh, but Jordan Hornbeak has not really, I don't think he's gotten any carries this year, whereas Jordan Wilmore has gotten a handful. So we'll see how that shakes out here in the offseason. I would pick up Hornbeak, but you know if you have room for both of them, or if Hornbeak's already rostered, I think Wilmore is is okay on an ad as well. Yeah, I liked Wilmore uh, a few years ago when he was at what Utah, I believe. Yeah. So, um, all right, Colin, start sits. This is coming down to the wire. It is here. Um, just to give everyone the premise of what we're we're doing here. We do our early week start sits here, guys. We each pick 10 names for starts, 10 names for sits. These are supposed to be non-obvious names. We keep them secret up until right now, and then we share them. We go back and forth, and we keep track, guys. This has been a competition all year long. Right now, the scoreboard last week, Colin went 11-5, had a couple injuries, and he shorted us some sits as well. So if I, I end up losing this thing, I'm going to call shenanigans. I went 12 and 8. So overall, I am 113 and 92. Colin is 108 and 88. Colin, how close are we talking here when it comes to uh to percentages? Yeah, the uh the your percentage is 55.12. Mine is 55.10. So, so we actually, are talking one one hundredth of a percent. I actually don't think we need to do this tonight. Let's just end the show here. <laughs> What do you? What do you? This is the last do you week. This the is last the week. Last. We gotta help. We gotta help the people with their championships. You so I have, to put, I have to put the people over my ego. Is what you're trying to say right now? Always. I've literally never been able to do that in my entire life, and you want me to do that right now? 
live here on the air. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I guess deep breath. I can handle this. All right, Colin. I do have Uh, 10 tonight, by the way. Whoa. Look at you go. All right, Colin. Then why don't you start us off with your starts? Start number one. Uh, Start number one for me is Clayton Toon, uh, quarterback for Houston. They play UConn, so not a good team. Uh, Alton McCaskill was injured last week, about halfway through the game. Uh, Haven't really heard any news as to whether he's going to play this week here or not, but I would honestly lean towards they're going to sit him because, one, it's UConn, and then they're going to get Cincinnati in the conference championship. So as as it stands right now on Monday night, I would believe he was going to sit. So that's going to put a little bit more on Clayton Toon. And the last four weeks uh, for Clayton Toon, he had 24.1, 17.1, 27.4, and 33.3 fantasy points. Uh, so he's been turning it on here at the end of the season. Uh, I like Clayton Toon this week. All right. Uh, no overlap there. So I just, Maybe I should just say all the same names you do. So I also had Clayton Toon. <laughs> that only works for starts, though, because you have to go first in uh, six. No, you're going first on six tonight. I don't know if I told you that or not. Um, <laughs> you didn't, but I'll protest. All right. So my first one, then here's one for you, Colin. I'm, you know, I'm not taking it easy. I'm not resting on my laurels. I think you can start Brett Dabbert this week. I almost picked him. Did you? Okay. I almost for, did. I, I against it. Kent State here, it is a Mac game, so obviously that feels like cheating a little bit, but Brett Gabbard also isn't very good. Right. So, uh, But here's why I think, you know, he struggled last week against Bowling Green, but the prior two games to that in action here, he went for 492 yards, five touchdowns, one interception, and then 351 for four and zero interceptions. So he's been tossing it around pretty darn well here. Kent State is 123rd in the country in pass defense, and I think this game's going to be a shootout. The game total is one of the highest of the week. It's above 65 points. Um, so I, I think Brett Gabbard, if you're in a pinch, is startable this week. I completely agree. Uh, Kent State, not a not a good uh, not a good pass defense either. Yep. Um, my next start here is Pat Garwo the third, running back for Boston College. Uh, the last three weeks. Uh, he's, he's had nice games here. He went 71 and a touchdown, 104, 116 and a touchdown. So not normally start caliber for us, but he's getting a lot of volume. Uh, he's had 20, at least 24 carries in his last three games, but they get Wake Forest this week. And Wake Forest has been absolutely gashed on the ground uh, the past couple of weeks. Clemson took it to him. They had 200-yard rushers last week. I think that Boston College... I was going to lean on him a little bit more this week. Uh, I like Pat Garwo as a start in a pinch. So I chose his teammate, Zay Flowers, uh, for this. And I, I like the Garwo call as well. I'm, I'm choosing Flowers, which seems like an obvious choice, but he's only caught five passes from Phil Jerkovic since he's come back from injury. Now, granted, right. three of them were touchdowns, which is not really very sustainable, but I do think this week is the kind of week where you kind of get the volume going. I mean, this is going to be a high scoring game. They're not going to limit that Wake Forest offense at all. They're going to need to score. They're going to need to air it out. I think the vo- this is the week where we see the volume and at least one score from Zay Flowers, and he has a really big week. Like he he was not a hit last week according to to our standards. I, I think this week he is. 
Yeah, no, he was not a hit last week, but he did hit his prize picks points. I believe it was 13.5. Anyway, oh, well, he didn't hit his he didn't hit his receptions. He did not, but he hit the points. And that's what we care about. That's why I that's, care about. That's why I like playing fantasy points so much more than receptions or like yardage or whatever. Not to yeah. get completely sidetracked here on a prize picks discussion, but I've been yeah. playing I do very well on fantasy points and I don't necessarily do that well on individual props. Yeah. Um, my next start here is Chase Brown, running back Illinois. Uh, they get Northwestern, 12th worst run defense. You have 214.1 rush yards per game. They constantly give up 100 yard rushers. They bleed 100 yard rushers every week. Uh, and Chase Brown, when he faces bad rush defenses, has had some huge games. Uh, he went for 257 and two against Charlotte. He went for 223 and one against Penn State in that abysmal nine overtime game. Uh, and Minnesota, who's actually not a bad run defense, he went uh, 32 for 147. Uh, so he has some big games in him, and I think he'll have one this week with Northwestern. I uh, I did consider putting him, but I thought it was too obvious, you know. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> So I feel like I'm going to really regret this one. Uh, David Bailey, I think I'm starting him again this week against Nevada. Do you have him as well, Colin? I do not. Okay. Interesting. I mean, Nevada is a really bad rush defense, guys. They got freaking torn up by Air Force last week, and that's not the first team to do it to them. Uh, I think Air Force had over 300 inside. They had close to 400 yards rushing. They just crushed him. Now, game script, I, I worry about a little bit. Um because I don't Colorado state is not necessarily known for their defense and Carson strong might have himself a day, but I think the opportunity is certainly there. And I actually think if they're going to move the ball at all in Nevada, it has to be through Bailey more or less. So I, I think he's startable again uh, this week and shout out to David Bailey uh, who came in clutch with that late touchdown last week uh, to win me a semifinal matchup. Thank you, Mr. Bailey. <laughs> Your check is in the mail. Um, my, my next third here, I'm digging deep. Uh, Calvin Hill, running back for Texas State. They at Arkansas State, who is by far the worst run defense in the country. They give up 266.5 rush yards per game. They are also not a very good pass defense, but there's nobody really that worries you on the pass offense for Texas State. Texas State's offense as a whole is not that great, but uh, Calvin Hill did have 100 yards and a touchdown last week against Coastal Carolina. Um, you know, so he, he's a deep name. He gets a little bit of receiving work here, 17 catches on the year. Uh, I, I look for Calvin Hill to have a big game this week. Next up for me, uh, Max Borky. We're going back with the Borgster. Uh, we told you to start him last week and he delivered, uh, had, had himself a very good game, a little bit of a tougher contest this week against Washington, but Washington, as good of a pass defense as they are, they are not a good rush defense. And I think if Washington State is going to move the ball at all, it's going to be through him and through Deion McIntosh. Um, and Borgie has been silently, I think we've said this once or twice on the show before, has been silently very good the second half of the season for fantasy guys. Um, so I think he's a, a bordering on a, I don't want to call him a must start, but I think, I think he's going to have a very nice week there. I also have Max Borgie. Uh, for all the reasons you said, I mean, uh, Washington's defense is a run funnel defense. They have the best pass defense in the country and the 23rd worst run defense. They gave up 192.3 rush yards per game. Max Borgie week. 
next and i guess it comes back to me um this is like a kind of a bigger name but like i think kyron williams might be the smash play of the week this week against stanford there stanford as just a bottom five rush defense they're terrible i think that game script is going to be very favorable uh in what might be kyron williams last game there for notre dame i i think they just unleash him i wouldn't be shocked if he has like 45 points this week yeah i think that's it's a little soft it's a little soft not gonna lie but you know you need all the help you can get you're a little soft Oh, nice. uh, my next start is Jalen Knighton. Uh, they get Duke. Duke is the 14th worst soft. run defense in the country. Uh, and Jalen Knighton has not been particularly great the past two weeks. Uh, against Florida State, he went 16 for 32 and then had two catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then last week, he had 14 carries for 17 yards, and two touchdowns. And then two for 20. So he's been kind of getting bailed out by the touchdowns there. But efficiency-wise, his rush game efficiency has been not good. But I think he can correct that here this week against Duke. And he always does bring something in the pass game as well. It's a little soft, Colin. It's a little soft. I just said he he 17 yards on 14 carries last week. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. All right. So my next one here... And this one actually is like Jahan Dotson has not performed well the past few weeks and through no fault of his own. He's put up 13 points exact well, 13.1 and 13.6 or something the past two weeks. That offense as a whole has just completely fallen apart. Um, but he gets Michigan State this week. We just saw what Ohio State did to them. I'm not saying that Penn State is going to do that. They are not capable of that. Uh, our new friend Christian Vileu uh is going to be at the helm i guess does that sound right colin is he i mean that's kind of the way it's trending right now um i mean he had he looked solid but unspectacular last week so if clifford can't go it'll be him over roberson for sure so if you're i mean if you're struggling to to think about playing <coughs> dotson which you you may be don't lose faith i i'm comfortable playing him this week yeah me too um a little bit soft there because I'm going to go with his partner, Parker Washington. See, I don't think that Parker Washington's going to hit 20 points, though. I think that you you might be right, but I think Parker Washington is is a little bit more helpful than a Jahan Dotson. Uh, but Parker Washington last week, 6 for 72 and a touchdown. A uh, week before that, 4 for 92. Um, then he had 9 for 108 against Ohio State. Um, those are his last three of his last four games. So he's been he's been turning it on here towards the end of the year. And and like you touched on, um, Michigan State is the worst pass defense in the country. They give up 340.3 pass yards. Well, Penn State's pass offense is not particularly great, but I think that um Mike Yurchich, the OC is going to be able to um, you know, scheme something up here where they'll at least be able to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers like Dotson and Parker Washington and take advantage of some of the run after the catch that you saw from uh, the Ohio State guys. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Whatever, bro. <laughs> um, is Seth Hennigan too soft? No, no, that's okay. okay. I think Seth Hennigan's a good start this week against Tulane. 
the 111th ranked pass defense in the country. Brandon Thomas has been banged up. He didn't even play this past week um, and, and has kind of been, you know, perpetually questionable for the past month, which means I think they're going to have to pass the ball. And I think Hennigan uh, has himself a nice game this week. Been quietly a very good quarterback this year, guys. He really has. Yeah. Um, he got banged up there in the middle, in the middle stretch. So that kind of like overshadowed it a little bit, but before that and after that, he's been good. Uh, my next start is Letty Brown. Letty Brown has big games against bad run defenses and bad games against good run defenses. He's very game script dependent matchup dependent. Kansas is now the second worst run defense in the country. Uh, they give up 249.6 rush yards per game. Bad matchup. So there you go, Letty Brown. I also have Letty Brown. All right. My next start, I have Cedric Tillman. Wide I receiver. also have Cedric Tillman. No, I didn't. <laughs> Wide receiver for Tennessee. Uh, his last five games, 21, 36, 19.9, 28.2, and 21.4 fantasy points. Uh, he's quietly been very good down the stretch here. Uh, they give Vanderbilt 12th worst pass defense. They give up 273.6 pass yards per game. I think he has another big week. Here's a really soft one for you, Colin. And I think this is actually going to be really interesting how this game plays out. I'm borderline tempted to not play Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave this week because Michigan has a really good pass defense and they have a really good pass rush. But I think that means that this is a JSN feast kind of week because he has a, he has the lowest ADOT of the crew. He generally works in short and intermediate and he generally works the middle of the field. I think those are all things that... that quickly CJ Stroud is going to be looking for. I actually think that Travion Henderson, which is just not a bold call at all, has a really big day as well, catching passes, like dump offs and screens and stuff, trying to kind of neutralize that Michigan pass rush. And by Michigan pass rush, I just mean Aiden Hutchinson. Yep. But uh, they have some other guys there too. They, the other, they have another yeah. guy on the other end who's they okay. Do. I just, it was silly. So I said it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think JSN is the guy. If I have to pick one of those three that I really, really want to play this week, I think he has a really nice game, man. Austin really, really going out on a limb here for the last week. Um, my, I just saw up the dub. <laughs> we're, last... we're in, we're in bleed the clock type <laughs> mode. Just, you know, get it there. Get it there. <laughs> my last start here is a guy that we talked about last week as his pickup. Uh, that's Isaiah Nayor. Uh, Hawaii has the fourth worst pass defense. They give up 298.3 yards per game. And in Nayor's last four games, uh, 22, 24.6, 20, and 23 fantasy points. Uh, so like another guy who's quietly been having a really nice year. They don't get a lot of volume, but I mean, he can do it with explosive plays and Hawaii is prone to giving those up. Last one for me. I is think Bijan. Oh, he's hurt. He's hurt. Or else I would. Um, I think Will Shipley has a really good week, even though South Carolina has been pretty good against the run this season. I, I just not... gave up, what is it, 100-something to, to Bigsby last week? As their only form of offense. <laughs> they, uh, I'm just giving you a hard time on the Shipley one. Which, by the way, guys, I think this is a whole other separate discussion, but Jarquez Hunter has just been silent the past six weeks. I, we got a little too hyped on him. Not we. We actually did not. We did not. Um, we <laughs> is in the people. Um, yeah, I don't know. Wish Shipley's going to have a good week, but I do think there are some risks here. It's going to be a lower scoring game. 
Um, but if Clemson's going to move the ball at all here, I like I think it's just back to another hapless pass week for them. I don't think I'm starting any of their wide receivers. I'm not starting DJU. I think I'm only starting Will Shipley from Clemson. How about that? How about I limit like that? I'm only starting Will Shipley. And that makes that play a little more difficult. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take that. I'll accept that. Uh, you want to name so your you 10 to, and I'll name my yeah, 10. My 10. Uh, you know the drill. You know the drill. Yeah, probably. I got you. Uh, Clayton Toon, Pat Garwo the third, Chase Brown, Calvin Hill, Max Borgie, Parker Washington, Jalen Knighton, Letty Brown, Cedric Tillman, Isaiah Nayor. And I have Brett Gabbert, David Bailey, Max Borgie, Kyron Williams, Letty Brown, Jahan Dodson, JSN, Zay Flowers, only Will Shipley, and Seth Hennigan. All right, Colin, let's go to our sits. I guess I will kick this off. Uh, Kai Thomas, I'm sitting this week. They get Wisconsin, who has the top-ranked rush defense in the country. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. 16-6. to <laughs> six. <laughs> Something terrible. Um, but, yeah, and so I, I, I don't need Like, Minnesota's not going to be able to move the ball at all. They might have fewer than 300 yards total offense. I, yeah, I also have Kai Thomas. Uh, he's had three straight 100-yard games. He's looked good down the stretch here, but this is not the week you want to play him. Like you said, Wisconsin, best written defense in the country. They give up 64.3 rush yards per game. I'm not starting Kai Thomas either. All right, then, Colin. How about all of my South Carolina running backs? Are I'm you going, taking a page out of my play? I'm going with an all of a, which makes the play a lot more difficult. Um, Clemson is just really, really good against the run and – this is just a case of South Carolina. I think he's just going to really struggle to move the ball all game. Another game where they might have fewer than 300 yards total offense for a team. I'm really rooting for the South Carolina running backs this week because I've been playing that, but I've been playing that card all year and I did not have it this week. Um, I am sitting Jameer Gibbs. Um, Jameer Gibbs has been looking good lately, but they get Georgia. I'm not really playing anybody against Georgia. I'm also sitting Jameer Gibbs, so I'll just kick it right back to you. All right. Uh, I am sitting Ronnie Rivers. He has quietly been very disappointing this year. He's the RB 64 in terms of fantasy points per game. Uh, his last five games, which predates his injury, so he got injured in this stretch, but 13.1, 10.8, 14, 11.1, and 16.9 fantasy points. That's not the guy you drafted. Um, and took me a while to realize that he has not been that great this year, but I'm, I'm not starting Ronnie Rivers. I'm going to one-up you on that one. I have all of my Fresno guys against San Jose. San Diego State. Or is it San Jose State? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's San Jose. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I'm sitting I get the SD. Week. I get the SDSU and SJSU mixed up. How dare you? Um, yeah, Hayner, Cropper, Rivers. Those are really the three. I guess I should okay. specify. I'm not. I'm not starting any of them this week. They've that offense has gone downhill since Hainer is just too banged up to do much. Yeah, uh, I got a little bit more bold there. Then I'll, I'll accept that. Um, I went bold on the sits. The starts were a little more obvious this week. All right. In my um, my next sit here is Tank Bigsby. I uh, went over 100 yards last week, but TJ Finley is bad. A 53% completion percentage, 5.9 yards per attempt. Alabama is going to load up to stop tank. Alabama's pass defense is meh. 
They give up 220 pass yards per game. Their run defense is very good. They're fifth best in the country. They give up 83.4 rush yards per game. I don't I don't think Tanks has a good week this week. I also have Tank Bigsby. What? Have we had a create like an <laughs> we've literally had four that were repeats between the two of us this week? Uh I, I expect that to, to continue, to be honest oh, with you. Oh god. Okay. Um, my next sit is Kennedy Brooks. I have he went over hundred yards last week, but the three weeks before that he was held under 80 yards. He brings next to nothing in the pass game. So he really has to score to have a good day. Oklahoma State is the fourth best run defense in the country. 82.6 rush yards per game. It's not a Kennedy Brooks week. I also have Kennedy Brooks. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) I kind of had a a feeling we were going to overlap there. Uh, Next sit for me then is uh, Hassan Haskins. Uh, He went over 100 yards and or two touchdowns in five of his last six games. One exception was against Michigan State. Um, Blake Corum warmed up last week but didn't play, but they really didn't need him to. I mean, this is the biggest game of Michigan's year, every year. You have to think he's coming back this week. Plus, Ohio State has the 11th best run defense in the country. They gave up 103.5 rush yards per game. Not starting Haskins. I did not have Haskins, so okay. we finally have something different here. All right. Dang. Lord, Lord. Uh, Jaden Delara, I'm sitting this week against Washington, as we talked about earlier, you know, rush funnel. Uh, and I, I actually wouldn't start Trevel Harris or Calvin Jackson either. <laughs> I'm sitting Trevel Harris. Oh, there we go. Uh, he's the wide receiver 34 on, on fantasy points per game this year. So he's been having a pretty solid year. Uh, two big games the last two weeks. He went eight for 109 and one, six for 95 and two. But Washington's the best pass defense in the country. You have 134.1 pass yards per game. So I almost put Delara, but I went with Travell Harris instead. But yeah, interchangeable. Uh, Cameron Rising? Yeah, Cameron Rising? Yeah. Do you really? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> It's the game script is, thing for me, guys, because they play Colorado. They're just going to blow yeah. them the heck out. Like, it's not even going to be close. Yeah. So, and I think Cameron Rising, a, a lot of these game script games for them, like, just they just ram it down your throat with Tavion and Michael Bernard and Pledger and whoever else. Yeah. I mean, we saw it last week with against Oregon, which is not a game that I would have thought was going to game script that way, but it did. And Cam Rising was fine. He managed the game very well, but he did not put up the stats. And I yeah. think that's going to be similar this week. It's a Tavion Thomas week. All right. Um, BJ Baylor? No. Okay. I'm not starting BJ Baylor this week. Oregon giving up fewer than four yards per carry in conference. Um, and I think this is a low scoring game. The game line's at 61, and that feels pretty high to me. I don't, I, it does. I, I don't think they score that much, um, either team, uh, in, a, in a tough, tough rivalry matchup there. Um, this is, I think this is my last one, right? Pretty sure. I have eight marked down for you. I have Kai Thomas, Jameer Gibbs, Ronnie Rivers, Tank Bigsby. Oh, okay. I skipped one because, because we had so many the same. Um, uh, I, my next sit here is George Halani. Uh, he's been coming on strong lately. You know, he's had over a hundred yards in, in, uh, he had a hundred yards last week, pretty sure over a hundred yards the past three weeks. Uh, but they get San Diego state. That's the second best run defense in the country. Uh, they average 77.5 rush yards per game against. 
I'm avoiding Halani. Mm, I think my last one here then is Jackson Dart against BYU. Uh, I'm sitting him this week, assuming that he plays again. I'm thinking that they're just going to roll him out there without Keaton Slovis. And so, yeah, BYU has been pretty solid defensively this year. And I, I just think USC struggles a little bit offensively this week as a whole. That's fair. Uh, my last one here is Jerry and Ely. I uh, he had a really nice week last week, but they gets Mississippi state this week. They're the sixth best run defense. We have 96.4 rush yards per game. Uh, I think this is going to be a game where they have to lean a little bit more on Matt Corral's arm. So Jerry Neely could potentially get it there in the pass game because he does get some work there, but I don't think he gets it there done in the rush game. I don't know if you can rely on that to get it done in the pass game. I'm sitting in this week. All right. So I think that's our 10 for each of us. So my 10 guys, Kai Thomas, the South Carolina running backs, Tank Bigsby, Jaden Delara, Fresno uh, offensive guys, Cameron Rising, Jameer Gibbs, BJ Baylor, Jackson Dart, and Kennedy Brooks. Uh, mine, I have Jameer Gibbs, Kai Thomas, uh, Jerry and Ely, Tank Bigsby, George Halani, Kennedy Brooks, Hassan Haskins, Travell Harris, Cam Rising. Cool. So that's going to do it for the show tonight, guys. Thank you for staying with us here all season. We helped you kind of hopefully guide. How many everything. overlap did we have there in the sits? Like seven. <laughs> Told you. I was just going to say like exactly that. what you said, and I was going to get myself through this. So, Except you incepted me because I kept saying the same ones that you I said. I hacked your computer. I already knew it was coming before I said it. Um, but the other three were dumb, and I wasn't going to go that route. No. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, too obvious. Just thank you guys seriously from from the bottom of our hearts. We are almost a year into this and a couple of weeks here. Thank you guys so much for listening in this whole season. Uh, we will be sure to continue giving you guys all sorts of great information here, even after the season is over. Freshmen are just around the corner. We're going to start doing some of that soon. Um, so lots of strategery, all, all of those good things, guys. But beyond just the podcast here. If you are, if you lovely people have not yet checked out campuscanton.com, go ahead and do that. All sorts of good stuff over there. Articles, we've got rankings, we've got player metrics, we've got coaching metrics, we've got our Discord, we've got just rankings. We've got we've got everything you could want over there. We are doing a giveaway with Prize Picks here, guys. If you have not signed up over on Prize Picks, use promo code C2C, get you an initial match on your first deposit of up to hundred bucks. Get you if you deposit at least twenty bucks a free year to the website with us, and enter to win a signed Jerry Judy Alabama jersey, which is supposed to be on its way to my house. So, um, very very exciting there. Also and to, oh, get the yeah. chance to win money. Oh yeah, we've been. I think. Money. Yeah, I think we've been doing well on our prize picks all year uh, on tailgate. There, I don't. I don't have what my record is on there, but I'm pretty sure I've been doing pretty well on those. Yeah. Um, I've I've multiplied my bankroll by about four here in the past couple of weeks. I think uh, been crushing it. So and I share them with you guys every week. Um, podcast guys, fantasy football roundtable, Debbie debate, why wait till Sunday, guts and data, all that good stuff. Support all of the good people, guys, at the website. If you are not following all of them, please go ahead and do so. 
I'm not gonna do the at whatever right there's, now. Yeah, there's too many. <laughs> too many, too to many. Sorry, but, everybody, but thank you all for your work. But there's too many to at right now. Yes, yes. We're uh, running good, long as it is. Good luck this this weekend, guys. We hope you all can win, unless you're playing against us, Chris Moxley. I hope you forget to set your lineup. Until next week, though, guys. Oh, and actually, we should probably announce um, we are going to do Canton Bound this week, guys. Uh, we're going to record that tomorrow and then put it out later so yeah we'll put it out later but so it'll be it'll be around for you guys so until next time guys i am austin and this is colin and have a good one